Hello and welcome to episode 16 of Rank Up, an on-page SEO podcast where we talk about technical SEO, content optimization, search engine news, and much more. I'm one of your hosts, Ben Gary, and this month I'm joined again, and only joined, by my regular co-host, Ed Wilson. Ed, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you, Ben, uh, in the Christmas spirit, I guess, a little bit earlier this year. <laughs> yeah, I think we all are. Uh, but yeah, very well, just... Um, yeah, I guess uh, really excited, for, I guess, for 2021. Um, yeah. Like, I th- like for many people, I think hopefully for a little bit normality, but uh, I'm not too keen on reporting year on year of uh, the organic news. <laughs> I think it depends on the client because I know yeah. I've got some clients where I'm very excited about the year on year report. Yeah, well, I think the forecasting is going to be probably a little bit more difficult, actually. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Trying to set targets for next year is going to be an absolute nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but you are the only. Well, we don't have a guest. You're the only, the only other person we've got on this podcast. So are you, are you feeling good about carrying this between us and not, yeah, not having we'll, a guest to rely on? You probably hear my cat in the background as well, so she can be kind of in the background. <laughs> be the guest. <laughs> uh, yeah, really excited. I guess it's going back to our, our roots. I know um, we've obviously, uh, I guess, started out with me and you and a few guests from Impression. Yeah, and most recently external guests who have been great and that's going to be continuing to 2021 but yeah i guess it'll be good for us to kind of just sit down and reflect on uh 20 yeah 2020 the madness that it that it was essentially <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely um so as, as we've alluded to there this episode will be a little different to others uh, it doesn't really fall into any of our traditional episode patterns we're not covering the news as such although in a sense we are covering as broadly as we can a lot of what's happened in 2020 Uh, and this isn't a a traditional interview episode either Um, as Ed mentioned there we're just going to be reflecting on on 2020 in the context of SEO I think to try and reflect on it more broadly would be a nightmare for both of us Um, and we're also going to be having a look ahead to 2021 um, and doing our bit as it's this time of year to have a bit of a guess at uh, what we should be looking out for next year Um, although as we learned this year with 2020, uh, predicting anything is uh, setting yourself up for a fail at the moment. Um, but with that in mind, we'll do our best. There's been a lot that's happened, so we're going we're gonna to cover as much of it as we can in the next 45 minutes or so. Um, so before we go any further, Ed, do you want to give your 30-second your reflection on what being an SEO in 2020 has been like? Yeah, so I guess, I guess the first three months was just leading up to, you know, what is the obvious topic but then i think for a lot of people um and including agencies or companies or anything like that it fundamentally changed in march and april we didn't know how long this was going to last there was you know everything essentially went into the air and i think from an seo perspective what we kind of really focused on was that how can we help our clients in the short term and where those obvious focus are i guess there's it's such a weird scenario because there was websites that massively gained due to the yeah. demand and then there's those that you know couldn't essentially run due to the local restrictions or lockdowns that were happening so it was kind of a, a 50 50 in terms of we had clients that were performing really well whereas there was also yeah. that were struggling due to the demand and essentially what we had to do was i guess pivot for those ones that were struggling and understood or trying to understand how we can essentially adapt their website offering to facilitate them in this this short-term you know offering how can we change their service approach how can we bring it online or anything like that however 
with those ones that were online and you know increased search demand how can we be more visible than ever to you know attract this kind of traffic so i think that ultimately would have changed everyone's strategy yeah spring summer and certainly going into the period period we are now um like i said i think due to the vaccinations and everything hopefully normality will return in 2021 but i think it's yeah. for me at least i think it's I think it's something that I maybe um, have always tried to do as well, but there's understanding where you can be competitive as soon as possible has really highlighted, I think, and something that we've done a great job with certain clients in terms of what can we do in the short term to really drive value. Um, I think we did that essentially in March too. Um, It's understanding, you know, where can we get those gains from or how can we pivot to drive as much value in in that short term as possible? Yeah, I think it's... It's fair to say that there, most of us haven't really dealt with any events that have changed search demand quite this drastically across the whole world. I think there were very few clients who weren't affected one way or the other, mm-hmm. um, either having their best ever months, like through spring yeah. and summer, um, or having their worst ever months. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, adapting to that has been a major challenge that I know uh, you've been an SEO for longer than me, but I've never had to deal with something like that where for every client, it was suddenly a rethink. Yeah. Um, it's all weird. in one go. <laughs> yeah, it's weird from going from being impacted by algorithms to, to being impacted by worldwide <laughs> events. Yeah. Um, but um, I guess it just makes you consider like, you know the, the culture effectively defines what we do whether that be mm. trends or anything like that understanding what's going to change the way that people search and things like that it's, it's always worth considering you know you're not always doing it for robots i mean not yeah. for a long while but it's always ha- what is the world changing what can what's being influenced and there's going to be so many industries that have been shook up by this uh, and we have to really learn how people are adapting to the online world and how they're yeah. browsing for information, how they're consuming information, how are they purchasing. And uh, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it's been obviously a, a difficult time for so many people, but you know, we really have to learn from this uh, scenario as well. Yeah. I, I think say that as SEOs, it's been a pretty unique opportunity for us to, um, I, I guess to just for businesses to see how vital SEO is that maybe didn't yeah. before. Like I think that if, if you're looking for a positive in this for the SEO industry, that's definitely one of them. I don't want to make light of, of no. what is clearly a global tragedy and mm. you don't want to sort of flippantly look for the positives, but it's accelerated a lot of what was happening slowly, I think. Yeah, definitely. And I think you could say that probably around all kind of marketing channels online, whether that be social, uh, yeah. paid, organic. But yeah, I think we've certainly seen it from as an agency as well as people's demand for organic presence or, you know, targeted number and queries as well is that that need for that that organic visibility is apparent more than ever. And I think yeah. that'll probably go into 2021. I think, like I said, uh, there will be a lot of new demographics brought to search as well because it will have those people that are probably more comfortable online and did everything online however those people that traditionally traditionally maybe only bought from um brick and mortar stores or maybe did things in person you know they've may have transitioned from that that side of things to going online so just speaking of my parents that typically they, they were the people that did everything offline whereas as of you know, some of this year, they now pretty much do everything, well, they've had to do everything online. And I think yeah. they're going to probably stick that way because they've been, you know, that was their uh, their lesson in, in, in the internet, I guess. Yeah. 
allowed to buy online as well because they had to adapt to that. And now they found it much easier. And now that's a new demographic that uh, online stores would have to be, you know, working with. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's a really good point. And again, that's going to affect different companies in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out in 2021. Like you said, it's going to be a nightmare forecasting <laughs> what, what we expect to happen because we just don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, we we do want to talk about some of the sort of updates that have happened that maybe are a bit more tangible that we can um, sort of see see in the industry as well, things that have kind of maybe been layered on top of all this to add an extra wrinkle of complexity to all of our work. Um, so I'm just going to do a very, very quick skim through um, what we've managed to sort of pick out as the major events that really changed SEO or maybe the wider industry. Because um, there's, if you go more detailed than that, there's so many more that we could pick out. And then there's a couple couple of bits that we're going to then focus on and we think are worth a bit more attention. So in roughly chronological order, the best that I can, <laughs> we started out with a January core update. We then went into um, a load of updates to do with featured snippets and um, uh, the where Google sort of adjusted the way they were presented in search so that um, you couldn't be in a featured snippet and ranking in page one and the featured snippet counted as the first, excuse me, the first organic result, essentially. So there would be sort of in the traditional 10 links, there would be nine and a featured snippet. Um, and then we saw to do with COVID, we saw a load of shakeups to Google My Business and there being businesses having a load more power to put messages out into the search results, which we maybe hadn't seen on that scale before. And along with that, there was also a pause in local reviews for a time. Then a bit later on, Google Shopping opened back up to free listings. And with this one, I'm not actually sure what stage this is at worldwide, because I think it may have been US initially. Mm. I don't know if that's been fully rolled out by now. I don't know if you've seen anything more on that one. Nothing yet. No, I think um, most of these things normally traditionally launch in the US first, and then we a few months online, yeah. Yeah, but that was an interesting sort of revert to type for Google, because they were free originally, then they became completely monetized, and then it seems like Google got a bit afraid of competitors like Amazon uh, and wanted a bit of that e-commerce space for themselves back. Um, But then we had a May core update, the second core update of the year, uh, which came in the the thick of the coronavirus pandemic and the sort of the height of the first lockdowns. Uh, Then around the same time, um, core web vitals were announced, although they're not going to be implemented till 2021, as we are going to talk about at length later on. Um, There was a beta for Google Search Console Insights, a new sort of quick reporting uh, platform, uh, I guess, as it says, insight level, kind of top level insights for Google Search Console. There was a new rich results testing tool to replace uh, Google's structured data testing tool, which is maybe a bit of a nod towards the the sort of ever-changing visual search results. Uh, then there was an indexing glitch or glitches in August, which caused, um, <laughs> I think, quite a few uh, site owners and, and SEOs some some pain for a little while. Um, then a bit later on than that, Google announced passage indexing, where it could be ranking individual passages on a web page for featured snippets and search results, uh, as opposed to always just showing the, the page itself. Then later on, the announcement of Google Analytics 4 came, which is now, I think, the default for all new properties in Google Analytics. And presumably, that's going to be rolled out a bit more across um, existing profiles over the next few months. And I believe that's a more sort of user-centric platform, user-centric version of analytics, although uh, I don't think on my clients I've really had the opportunity to look much at it yet. 
And then finally, the latest one, which I think will still be fairly recent because we're hoping to release this episode before Christmas, um, was the December core update, uh, which in the madness of Black Friday and Christmas uh, is another little present to SEOs everywhere, um, making that the third core update of the year. Although I suppose we can be thankful that they managed to hold off between May and December and didn't throw us something in August. <laughs> but I think that brings us up to date. There's quite a lot there. Um, we're we're gonna we're gonna dive into the core updates a lot more. But um, Ed, does anything sort of stand out to you from that? Anything that you're particularly surprised to see this year? Maybe um, I think in terms of surprise, I think the I think in terms of major one would be the um, core web vitals, which is going to touch mm. upon a little bit later. I think the indexing glitch is probably especially impacted enterprise websites where especially if you're changing your product inventory or pages mm. uh, weekly or monthly, um, having them not refreshed as, as often as you'd like or, you know, massive delays in certain pages indexing would have massively yeah. impacted your, your business um, yeah. in that can, time. So, um, Can you say a bit more about the indexing glitch? Because I, I think it's something that you've, you've yeah. kept up with more than me. Um, it was a couple of months ago now, but for those who maybe aren't as familiar with it, what, what happened exactly there? Yeah, so in August, Google had some indexing issues. I think they tweeted about it at the time. It was where certain pages were just completely dropping out the index um, yeah. for websites. So it, I, we could certainly see it across our clients on that August timeframe in terms of visibility dropping because you know, especially if you're a, a huge website with that, you know, millions of pages, you would have seriously seen an impact of, you know, yeah. pages completely dropping out the index and therefore not being uncompetitive in search. And then I think this led to further indexing issues with Google, which is why they um, disabled the, the request indexing within Search Console. Um, of course, yeah. So um, I think even I use that for regularly, just as soon as you yeah. create a new page or a post or anything like that, just getting it submitted as soon as possible. Or if maybe you change information within that page or the targeting of it, just get it indexed as soon as possible was quite useful. But they've disabled that for some time now, which is, um, you know, hoping to see return, but <laughs> I'm not sure yeah. if it will anytime soon. But yeah, yeah, I think the indexing glitch was a particularly big issue for major websites yeah. that rely on you know thousands of pages being ind indexable so yeah yeah but one of those frustrating ones where seos don't really have any power to do anything mm -hmm. like it's not like an algorithm update that we can respond to <laughs> you've got to wait for google to fix it yeah um so we'll, we'll go on to those updates now because i think as in most of the last few years they're probably the biggest talking points we've just had the december core update uh, so maybe i don't know if it's maybe worth dwelling on that one a bit more Hmm. Um, but Ed, do you want to summarize kind of what you've seen the most, maybe if there's been any trends over these kind of three updates that you've seen this year? Yeah. So uh, typically I think what happens and I've, um, with these updates is it seems to, a website seems to be impacted by say, for example, the January core update and then mm. may recover from that. And then December, it may be, hit, or it seems to yeah. be, if you get hit impacted by one, you'll be certainly impacted by the next one, either negatively or positively. Yeah. Um, just from always looking into kind of the visibility trends after these updates, um, it always is the health and um, finance sectors that seem to be the drastic, yeah. um, as you'd probably expect from these from these specific websites. But it's I think it's so hard now with these algorithm updates because I don't think you can necessarily check the next day 
to see if you've been impacted because it's the the rollout of these updates yeah, that sure. in time. So um, I've tweeted about it most recently, and we can probably put it in the show notes that if you appear to be impacted by an update, say, for example, uh, a few days after the announcement or maybe even a week, I, I wouldn't worry too much initially because what, what typically happens is these SERPs are going to be volatile during this phase. Um, yeah. And it could be that you're going to have a knee-jerk knee reaction based on a, a new winning website coming to the SERP. So you do a lot of changes based on that website, uh, mm. based on the website and thinking, oh, they do this, so we have to do that now. When effectively, if you leave it, you know, you may return to that actual, you know, pay, number one position or number two position uh, a few days later. Uh, whereas yeah. I've seen a lot of websites that actually, you know, react to these changes too quickly and it actually impacts their organic position oh well yeah organic visibility for that keyword even more so so i think we have to have an understanding that these updates yes they happen and they get rolled out in a day but they're constantly tweaked through what google is seeing so actually you're probably not going to see the final results until three or four weeks later from there and then you can get an yeah. estimation on if you've been severely impacted by it you know negatively or positively yeah, I think there's there's an article to that effect that we covered a few months ago. Actually, I think it's probably after the May core update. There was one from Dr. Peter Moz, which said a similar kind of thing as well, and just showed how in the days after the May core update, there was flux for a few websites, but then it ironed out. And I seem to remember one example he used as well, where actually they, where they dropped for a few days, but it turned out it was completely unrelated. It yeah. just kind of seemed to happen. So there's kind of the assumption they've been hit by the update when actually that might not be the case. And um, as I think we've been talking about in our department meetings recently, judging what's going on with this one at the moment is is particularly difficult. Um, mm -hmm. So was it the Systrix roundup that put a few e-commerce sites like fashion stores and things in in those that were, that were worst affected? Yeah, um, so um, on Twitter, it's Lily Ray, I believe it is. So again, we can yeah. share the, her tweets and um, in the show notes, she does a great job of normally rounding up the visibility gains and losses during this phase. So. Um, she uh, highlighted uh, the biggest winners and losers in the US. And again, mm. this is where we saw the majority of medical and finance websites, you know, going up or down. It typically, yeah. that's what you always see, I think, with core updates now. Yeah. She did do uh, a specific tweet as someone requested looking at UK e commerce stores. Um, okay. We'll, uh, we can include that. But again, it could be that these visibility stats <laughs> change quite a bit. In from us saying this to the episode being launched, yeah. So. Well, we're dealing with as well like this this time of year, yeah. trying to predict exactly what's going on with e-commerce. Add, added to the fact that coronavirus is uh, is still in play, and also yeah. to the fact that lockdown in the UK ended at roughly similar time to the <laughs> the algorithm to the algorithm that was launched, didn't it? So yeah, like trying to predict where your visibility is coming from. I mean, I guess maybe you can look at rankings and things with a bit more certainty. But if you were yeah. to use Search Console and look at your traffic or your impressions or something, yeah. that could just as easily be affected by, you know, coronavirus related factors as as it could be the algorithm update. For sure. And um, Jesus, this is this year it's going to be pretty big. But there was the also the Elite Solis um, Search Console dashboard, which 
yeah. she's, she's set up as a kind of a template for anyone to use. And this uses your Google Search Console data and checks queries by uh, organic clicks, average position, I believe also search impression as well. So okay. what you can actually do by this is actually see is, you know, is actually the search demand dropping or is actually organ organic clicks dropping due to, you know, average position or anything mm -hmm. like that. So that can give you um, a good understanding if you've been impacted by this other day as well, I believe. Yeah, brilliant. Well, I'm making notes as you talk so that we don't miss these links because I know we always say we're going to put links in the show notes and then <laughs> we come to put the show up a couple of weeks later and we've usually forgotten what we're going to include. Um, so we've got notes. We will. We really will link to all of these resources. Um, but I wondered, I've got a couple of questions almost interview style to ask you about this because I'm interested to drill into the core updates a bit more. Um, have, have we really learned anything new this year from these updates or does it more just confirm the theory of the last couple of years and kind of the trends of the last couple of years yeah i think i think ever since the eat update where it really focused mm. on these on these factors of you know good authoritative websites or you know the bat link side of things as well we've not seen anything new in the sense of uh anything yeah i guess unique coming to the table of as yeah. to why websites have you know massively gained or um yeah gained or decreased that could change you know with the core web vitals next year it could be that yeah. you know, in that update you see specific websites that are pretty slow for for them to decline and that would make sense however i think with these updates as you can see with all these websites with talking about health or finance or your money or life specific mm. issues they they're the ones that are being impacted so it's i think it's kind of essentially a rejig of those i think there's been a lot of studies out there in terms of there will be sometimes a refocus on specific things i've i've seen um, discussions around websites that have um, built to uh, exact man anchor text which i know is traditionally something that we've always tried to phase out mm. in a few years websites that have heavily relied on bat links towards those exact match phrases um have been severely kind of you know <laughs> negatively i guess decreased from an organic perspective yeah. however those are just kind of kind of individual research that i've seen but i don't think we've learned anything new from these updates now i think it's typically the websites that always fail these algorithm issues yeah. coming up and down um yeah I mean, that's good to know in itself. Yeah. And the other one I know you you added to the notes to mention here is just, uh, and this will probably lead into the next point as well, um, is just looking at how the BERT update has kind of rolled out and been updated throughout the years, which uh, just to summarize briefly was announced in October 2019, uh, yeah. having been kind of, I think actually having been introduced into the algorithms a bit earlier than that. Um, it was all to do with Google's understanding of natural language, uh, understanding how people search and ask questions, and basically being able to better match answers to questions that people are asking. Yeah. Uh, and I know this is something you wanted to mention for this year as well. Yeah, so as you mentioned, that it got launched in yeah 2019, but we've seen the fully rollout in 2020. And I also think alongside the passage indexing, which is something we're going to discuss um, in a little bit, that's quite closely related. but. I think I think I've, I've had a discussion with a lot of SEOs that this is one of the biggest updates, certainly in recent years, because mm. I think it should be changing the way that we do our research around keywords. Um, yep. And I know a lot of SEOs, and right, so, rightly so, will always go off keyword volume. Yeah. What we need to understand that is Google is going to be focusing so much on phrases around keywords and the way that content is um, 
effectively described, um, what phrases are associated associated in sentences, um, how closely related they are. So yes, obviously always go, you know, always focus on keyword volume to get that indication of what you should be targeting as a as a main topic. But don't be do, too disheartened about keywords with smaller volumes because this is gonna really going to help Google understand um, the nature of that article or the nature of that post yeah. or the service or that product or anything like that. And uh, and this goes even more into that kind of passage index in that yeah. with ability to focus on more niche areas, you have a greater return to rank for long tail searches. You have the ability to rank for these passage indexes, which is going to become you know more of a featured snippet. And I yeah. think having that overview of a topic, you know, yes, get inspired by keyword volume and use that to really direct your your specific page, but use these use context and be a bit more human uh, in terms of the way mm. that you describe things to, you know, just because something doesn't have, you know, thousands of search volume doesn't mean you should, you know, avoid it, have it if it makes sense and if it relates to your topic, because it could actually be benefiting you from Google understanding more about that page or the ability to rank for more long tail. Yeah. I think an encouraging example I've seen of this, what I think is this kind of thing at play recently was um, for one of our clients, it was actually someone at the client uh, as a solicitor's firm. One of the solicitors mm -hmm. actually suggested a topic that he wanted to write about because he had kind of noticed potential clients were asking him about it and he'd seen a bit of a buzz within mm -hmm. his professional circles. Um, and it was it was actually a really new topic. It was linked to furlough and stuff. And yeah. um, we had no real way to get any data on what he wanted to talk about. But we were like, you're the expert. You've heard people talk about this go ahead and write it yeah. and that topic after being live for about it had been live for six weeks when we did our report for november and it had got about 350 organic sessions in november and this yeah. was a topic that we'd so one of our team had uploaded it and sort of and had kind of tweaked it but hadn't really done the thing significant to it because we didn't really have any keyword data to go off yeah um and we just looked in search console and saw it coming up for it wasn't like one specific thing that was driving all the traffic. It was just loads of loads of different queries that were all kind of somehow related to the topic. Yeah. And I think that's an example of, of what we can be going for. And there are certainly ways we can be more strategic about it where we do have a bit of keyword volume to back it up as well. Yeah. But just to like have the confidence to, to kind of trust, I guess, trust the knowledge of the experts that you work with and, um kind of just write as a human like write the topics that you think people are going to be asking questions about and wanting yeah. to know about and not limiting it to maybe like a single primary keyword like yeah. consider all of the things that someone might be asking about that your post could answer um and then that's where with passage like you could be picking up feature snippets through passages you could be appearing in the main serp features uh, you could just be getting decent rankings across a good number of keywords and that's all going to add up um yeah. So I was really encouraged by that. And that's those 350 clicks you wouldn't have had if you went purely based off search volume. And like exactly. I said, I'm not trying to criticize um, using search volume because it's what we're effectively how we target and get an understanding of you know what people are searching for. But I think it's having that, as you mentioned, look into other areas to really understand topics. So going aside from search volume, looking into, you know, if you wanted to use Google search, like the people also asked boxes, they give you a lot of insight, even relying on tools such as YouTube, what are, what are people searching with there, what are the videos yeah. displaying, using other data accessible to you. And like you said, using, um, you know, if you're 
internally at a company looking into advice from that or if you're working with clients getting more information from them in terms of what people are are asking or things that are going to be be potentially big in you know six to 12 months from now i think that's a a key to really benefit but like i said it's to be is to help support the keywords uh, volume so yes use keyword volume to um to really spearhead your you know you know your targeting but don't be uh, discouraged by certain phrases or sentences or keywords based on them not having much volume because i think it'll have a great impact by you know including these um for the long term yeah absolutely as a content specialist i'm happy to see (laughs) things like this happening um and i i just kind of wanted to i put this in a general section around serp features i think we've with covid especially we've seen a lot of new serp features popping up this year and some of them have been a kind of a lot quicker to appear than maybe they would have been in previous years with things like the news carousels being updated very, very quickly. And Google My Business rolling out new features as well that have been appearing in search. And I think it's just really highlighted to me how you've got to be aware of all the channels that you can influence. Like when we've had clients struggling or closing down over lockdown, those Google My Business features have been vital. And in a few cases that we've had to help with kind of putting those posts up and managing that Google My Business profile. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that is a feature of organic search, but but for a lot of businesses which are not maybe primarily local businesses, you don't, it's not the kind of the biggest part of the strategy, but it's just shown how important those can be yeah. um, and how it's important to get your messages everywhere that people might be looking and not just in the kind of standard organic links. Yeah. And those knowledge panels look pretty big on mobile as well. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they, it's a great, you know, advertisement for your brand or anything like that especially if you've got great reviews and just keeping them up to date as possible yeah 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 for sure i'm going to talk about that a bit more in what we're looking ahead to in in 2021 but just to round off 2020 uh, it's not not related directly to google updates or algorithm updates but seen a couple of interesting controversies from well-known seo tools that i wanted to mention just because it's kind of interesting seeing maybe how how certain things were perceived in the industry Mm-hmm. Um, one was with, I think it was Ahrefs Site Explorer. I think I'm getting the right part of the tool. Yep. Where um, there was a lot of controversy immediately because people basically worried that they would be invited to plug their Search Console data in, which would then be used to give Ahrefs more accurate keyword volume data, mm-hmm. which then their competitors could use more accurately. And you might lose the edge. So, you know, if you had a keyword where you were seeing 100 clicks a month and you were ranking position two for that. And but Ahrefs was only giving it as maybe 20 searches in the month overall, then they would be able to use Search Console to correct uh, to correct that that sort of misinformation, mm-hmm. which I just thought was quite an interesting one. Um, and it made me think like made me think about kind of the nature of competition and where we get our competitive edges in SEO. Uh, yeah. And also made me wonder if there are any tools that are already using data like that, but that we just trust a bit more because they didn't have the press about it. <laughs> I think they probably are. I think the majority yeah. of will be but um i guess for that tool essentially it would be great if you're maybe a new startup or a new seo where maybe you don't have you know budgets as big as you know bigger you know big companies or anything like that so therefore you can essentially get ahrefs for free whereas if you're a market leader or anything like that and you are using um ahrefs you probably won't want to be sharing that kind of data so great great for those that are looking to um start on a budget but they're probably not getting the data they want to see from uh massive websites due to them due to their (laughs) yeah you know having the budget to actually just pay for the tool and not want to share in their organic data to benefit others 
Yeah, absolutely. But the, the second one, I, I think that was, that was one, that was kind of an interesting example, but we can kind of move on from it. The second one I did think was a bit funnier and caused a very different kind of uproar, which was when people discovered that uh, SEMrush or SEMrush, whichever one you want to call it, was uh, offering a paid link service, which I don't know if that's still there or if they took it down after the uproar. Um, but that was probably one of the one of the funnier SEO stories of the year. Yeah, especially when um, I think it was someone bought an article from SEMrush through the paid yeah. link service, and then it was highlighted as a bad link. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the uh, I, I don't know what lessons we learned from that, but a maybe uh, maybe SEMrush need to be a bit more subtle with how they go about this. Um, <laughs> And B also that generally, you know, there's a, there's still a lot of uproar over paid links and people generally recognize it's not a good idea, which is always good to see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but we'll go into what we're, uh, what we're expecting to see from 2021 or our very tentative predictions, which will probably turn out to be wrong. Um, and I think both, both me and Ed have kind of picked one topic each that we're particularly interested in here. Um, so I'll let you go first, Ed, with, uh, with a conversation that we definitely need to have around Core Web Vitals. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Um, yeah, so we have, I believe we've been mentioning the Core Web Vitals on the podcast for a few episodes now, especially in the last few months. Um, yeah. Essentially, what they're looked to focus on is loading um, interactivity and visual stability alongside other things such as mobile friendliness, HTTPS, and safe browsing, which I think has been more of an expectant from Google's side in the past few years. But these new Core Web Vitals um, focus on largest contentful paint first input delay and the cumulative layout shift. So this was announced in May 2020. However, um, I believe they were looking to roll it out this year, but due to everything that was, that's was been going down, they kind of said, mm, you probably don't want to be yeah. you know, fundamentally changing how your website loads and things like that if you know, you're trying to facilitate stock levels and stuff like that. So we'll push it back to next year. Um, and then most recently, well, I say most recently, in November 10th, I think it was, they announced that it's going to be rolled out in May 2021. Yeah. Um, so, from my understanding, PageSpeed has been a you know a, a ranking consideration for Google for quite some time ever since the mobile first indexing came into play. However, I think they're leading more into this, and something I've seen most recently, which I'll touch on, but. Uh, upon in a little bit but yeah the update is expected to go out in may 2021 so the biggest thing is making sure that your website is um, performing pretty well across these core web vitals or certainly not performing badly so you can use tools such as lighthouse or other page speed tools uh, to kind of test these out you can also use chrome user experience data which are highly recommend doing um, and yeah. they have a free dashboard which you can do and again add into the show notes <laughs> i'll <laughs> make can, a note now because <laughs> you can essentially see how your users perform across these metrics which i believe google will take be taken into consideration um, for this as well so essentially getting your website uh, up to date for these core web vitals which are going to be a big consideration next year not too sure how big it's going to be very interesting mm. to see how that impacts but i've also seen most recently and i think it was uh, one of the search engine publications they've started link uh, putting an icon next to certain websites that have achieved good core web vitals so it could oh, really? even be, yeah so it could even be that core web vitals is obviously a consideration for your users but actually it could help with click through rate as mm. people be more aware of these websites being faster in search when they see this icon so that's an interesting one i'm not sure yeah. if people is going to fully roll that out but yeah it's expected in may 2021 um there's a lot of testing you can go and do 
now, but from my experience with looking to impact these, they're normally quite high resource when you're looking into page speed and essentially influencing the way that code sits on your page as well. So yeah. definitely look into it now. Don't leave it as a kind of a last minute consideration because it could be that you, you would need to spend some time to actually updating your website to score well across these. Yeah, I think it's great advice. It makes me wonder if it's going to be similar to um, the way HTTPS is treated in Chrome, maybe yeah. where you get the little green padlock if you're doing it well and you get the not secure if you're doing it wrong and it's just an extra kind of visual reinforcement to the fact that it's a ranking signal anyway yeah um, from the uh, icon that i saw it's like a little silver star or something like that but i think universally yeah. not everyone outside of seo will know what that means but it could be that you know in few you know years to come it could be that actually there's big green ticks across fast websites and that yeah is only what people interact with on serps anymore so it'll be interesting if that's going to be a consideration because that's going to you know not only impact loading times on pages for use but actually the way that people click through to websites as well yeah i'm going to ask you one uh, it's kind of going to be impossible to answer with any kind of education behind it because we just don't know but do you reckon google's gonna kind of just do a single kind of page experience update or will this be part of a larger algorithm update like a kind of a larger core update i don't know if they, they might have said that already um, yeah you know? i think i think everything that do google will do now is going to be a more of a rollout system because they they won't want to hedge their bets on the final outcome being of that single you know that mm -hmm. initial push on that day because what they want to see i imagine is to launch the update and then see how it interacts with the serps if it doing a good job or if it's doing a bad job um mm. and then adjust those you know tweak those little uh tweak those signals or anything like that that adjusts the website's been displaying in SERP. so i think it'll be a probably a rolled out you know throughout may potentially for the yeah. rest of the year of seeing that but then it could be that it's ultimately heightened i think what if i think it's in google's best interest to really integrate user signals within their search because that will then really reflect quality results yeah. so talked about you know um pogo sticking within search so for example clicking on one and then jumping back and going to the second one that yeah. to me reflects a, a better uh better you know reflection of a of a page worthy of being position one if it's been interacted with more of for users navigating and i think that's the same with page speed if people yeah. are having a good experience on the page i think google should it's in best google's best interest to really focus on these metrics because um, yeah, it's displaying results quickly to users and displaying the most, you know, relevant ones as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's really cool. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, the reason I kind of asked how, whether it's going to be part of a broader algorithm update is I guess I'm just hoping that, I'm hoping that Google does at least the initial rollout in kind of an isolated enough event that we can kind of measure its impact. Because yeah. um, you'd be worried if it's released along with a load of other stuff, it would be quite hard, I think, to see what, what the actual impact of here's what i found oh my, my sorry my google assistant just spoke to me <laughs> <on> my phone. <laughs> maybe, she, maybe she was going to tell you <laughs> <laughs> maybe i doubt it'd be that helpful yeah um, i think it, it's so new it may be that i mean just like every algorithm update we're seeing now it's going to be yeah. rolled out throughout the month and tested and tweaked and everything like that and then that's going to yeah. be a consideration just like everything else with bat links and that whenever the new algorithm update will be a consideration yeah. to be able to uh, check for yeah no that's a great point i'm glad we covered covered that one the next the next one i'm gonna say is slightly more speculative maybe slightly more theoretical um but i just wanted to 
to touch on kind of search intent, I've named it in the notes, search intent across organic search channels. Um, just because I think for me, uh, maybe this is more of a personal thing, but I don't know if it will hopefully resonate with some people listening as well. I feel like 2021 is going to be a year to look at search intent um, in, a, in a broader spectrum than just what people are trying to achieve when they kind of do a regular Google search yeah. um, and look at how people are trying to, what, what they're trying to achieve by engaging with various organic channels and how our websites can match user intent in different kind of different organic channels and different places and just being aware of everywhere that we can be found and how users will perceive us in those places. Mm. And I, I see this as a growing trend because partly because of things like passage indexing and the other SERP features we've seen this year, which have definitely diversified the kind of search results we can see but also just because i think there are uh, going into 2021 there are quite a few different prominent kind of different organic environments and i've listed a few here in the notes you've got you've got standard google search along with all its SERP features and various things that can appear but then you've got google image search which is in many cases a completely different kettle of fish yeah you've got google discover which is certainly bigger in some industries than others but is is in its own way a completely independent way of ranking organically mm-hmm. you've got youtube which is obviously under the google umbrella as well you have e-commerce search engines like amazon and google shopping which also have their own organic rankings and then there's also you know google's competitors as well which are doing their own things so you've got bing um i don't know if it's actually going to happen but you've got this rumored apple search you've got various international search engines so there are so many different channels that your website could legitimately have really good visibility now. But yeah. I think each of them has a different kind of audience and that audience is then going to go and interact with your site in a very different way. Yeah. And I think bringing all that together and having a strategy that can identify the best opportunities and then capitalize on them is is going to be kind of a real mark of success in 2021 and, and something that I would really like to look into more. So what, what do you think about that? Yeah, it's a really great point. I think it goes back to kind of really diversifying your SEO strategy as well. So I think as we always always say to kind of our clients or anyone looking to gain through organic searches, don't just rely on being the market leader on your queries. Look to, you know, mm-hmm. target further queries, look to go higher up the conversion funnel. And I think this is exactly this is don't be so reliant on those on that organic search. And I think I've mentioned a few times on this podcast before, but it, it it's that example where I've described, I've seen a friend look for, you know, to do some shopping and they go straight to image search. And I'm absolutely yeah. shocked, but I shouldn't be because there's so many people that look use Google image search to find yeah. products. Um, and I'm just doing it based on the way that I work with SEO. And, you know, that's something that I need to can kind of change with my bias. And, that, and it's the same with Google Discover. I don't use Google Discover, but I've seen so many people interact with it and I've seen the data behind it. And it's, really impressive and things like that mm. so i think this even if you're a market leader and you're you know top one for all your categories and products and doing really well there's so much more you can do especially around these is looking to diversify your organic channels as you mentioned there with you know looking into other search engines obviously as well um looking into google discover you know is there another avenue for your for your website to be more competitive in the image search and things like that. I think once you, you know, really top of your game within those organic search listings, look to see where else you can benefit from yeah. um, the organic side of things as well. Yeah. I mean, this for me is what's really exciting. Maybe not just for 2021, but longer term. And people have been talking for years about like the death of SEO. I mean, we've even spoken on this podcast about the ways that Google has sort of 
taken over from some of the yeah. traditional ground that was available. But the reality is you've got to think broader than just those 10 blue links because they, they are a thing of the past now. And yeah. there are still the organic opportunity out there is is undoubtedly bigger than it's ever been, but it is different and it might be a bit more challenging to work out exactly where it is for each individual brand. Yeah. But I think that that's exciting. We're definitely <clears throat> excuse me, I can't speak now. <laughs> Get so emotional. We're definitely we're definitely not going to be out of a job within the SEO industry anytime soon, as long as we can adapt to this environment. I think that's the key thing. Yeah, exactly. And I think also, like you said, with those organic lists, like those SERP features, it's something you can't ignore. Like with specific searches, now you get presented with a video. So in order to get that video placement, you need to go onto YouTube, create a channel, create a video, optimize yeah. that video for them to potentially be displayed in organic search. So it, it also integrates with each other so yeah. much. And it's that whole understanding that now that the world wide web is going to be based on entities of understanding brands based on the information that's out there that that search engine or that that robot is going to collect as much information around that brand that product that service offering to get an understanding of what it really is to then reflect within their their model yeah yeah absolutely but but the final point that we have here, given everything we've just said about core vitals and the exciting and kind of ever evolving nature of search. We did want to end on saying that you still you can't ignore the fundamentals and none of this changes what are still what is still kind of the bread and butter of SEO. Mm -hmm. uh, we were talking before the podcast. We've seen successes this year sort of personally and at impression as a whole and in the wider industry that are still just coming from good site architecture, good technical auditing, well-written content with with good kind of with a good keyword strategy behind it and authoritative domains sort of backed up by good quality backlinks and nothing none of that is changing anytime soon like those, those things if you're not doing them you will ha you will succeed more by doing them if that yeah. makes sense i think that um the our episode we shown was which is quite a few months ago now where we touched yeah. on like the basics of seo you know still playing a pivotal role and as you mentioned there great content with you know authority signals whether that be internal links and being well structured on the website to being accessible to even then obviously external backlinks or yeah. social shares on twitter and facebook and things like that that's that content is always going to rank and that's going to be the fundamentals of seo you know and i don't think google will probably ever change that there may be new yeah. considerations we talk about these core web vitals but i think ultimately they will always rely on that on those those basic fundamentals as we just mentioned yeah absolutely so if nothing else keep doing the basics right and i think you're going to be in a good position in 2021 that's that's the bottom line Definitely. cool well i think i think that's going to be everything i think we're, we're just about there with our with our 2020 roundup and 2021 look ahead you got <laughs> anything last to, to add or are you happy that we've covered it all no um i guess uh i'm trying to think if you could ask for anything for christmas this year from an seo perspective what would you ask for <laughs> from an seo perspective for christmas like for my clients or for something to happen in google um oh, could be better could be either oh oh well <laughs> on the on the multi-channel approach one of my clients is just starting out with with really experimenting in youtube so I would definitely ask for Christmas that that goes well. That would be my client-related one because that would be really cool to set up 2021. 
um and like we're, we're sort of helping and involved in that the first time i've done it in sort of my career so that would be very cool and then from google um i think all i'd ask for christmas at this stage is please nothing else dramatic <laughs> before <laughs> christmas happens yeah. just give us a normal christmas <laughs> how about you um maybe the request indexing feature i think oh yeah no, that's many. a good one um or just a you know, open that indexing API for everyone to use and submit to. But I think that's essentially yeah. right maps. But yeah, maybe the <laughs> indexing feature for everyone else as well. So everyone gets that's to a good point. It's hard. To, it's hard to know exactly how much impact that had, but it always felt good when you were submitting stuff through yeah. it. It felt like you were achieving something. <laughs> it, it felt like you were shoving a, a letter for a post box essentially into Google's index. And I quite yeah. like feeling it, especially when you did a site search next, uh, like an hour later and it was always back clearly it felt quite. Yeah. Like, yeah i think that that's a very good answer well on that note i think we'll leave it there last one for 2020 um but we will be back in 2021 we have a another guest lined up for january already um which i know is one we're already really excited for um and i think we'll actually cover uh, some of the topics we've been talking about uh you mentioned earlier ed with um focusing on topics rather than just keywords i think that that potentially is going to be a big part of that episode which uh, I think we'll both find really exciting. Mm -hmm. um, but that will do it for this episode and this year. Um, uh, just to say there might be a slightly longer than usual break between episodes. I know we're not so we're not bang on every two weeks anyway, but uh, we're recording this before Christmas and we'll hope to release it before Christmas. Um, but as we sort of come back from our holidays and get into January and start recording again, it, it may be a couple of weeks longer than normal before the next one. Um, but we're ready to go. Uh, we're we're looking forward to getting stuck into it in 2021, and and looking forward to seeing what the SEO industry brings us next year. Um, but as always, if you want to send in uh, any questions for our future guests or talk to us about SEO, you can find us both on Twitter. Uh, I am at Ben J Gary with two R's, and Ed is at Ed J T W with two D's. Uh, as always, again, we also highly recommend checking out WomenInTechSEO.com/speakers as another great place to find uh, fantastic tech SEO writers and speakers, and a few just uh, digital marketing professionals more generally. Uh, and you can also check out the Impression blog as well, uh, which again, maybe a little bit quiet over the couple of weeks for Christmas, um, but I'm sure we'll all be having a well-deserved rest anyway. Um, but from me and Ed, uh, for now, we hope you stay safe over Christmas, uh, enjoy the holidays, and have a very happy new year. We look forward to seeing you again in 2021. Goodbye for now.